So Gus Harper and maybe the introduction of DVD too is helping helping niggas be yeah, niggas again. Like... <laughs> Let's go. Make niggas niggas. <laughs> Make niggas niggas again. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to our weekly discussion on Industry Season 2. Today we're going to be discussing the very long second episode of Industry's second season. And joining me today and on all days, he never mistreats hours of my calls as intimacy. It's a... What do you mean? I thought it is intimate. Yeah, but you never misread it as intimacy. You just always think it's like business and straightforward. No, I don't. Even though even though I'm trying to be intimate with you, I only call you past midnight so that so like you can know that it's me trying to be personal, but you're always like, oh, what's the, what's the point? What's the business? And then we, you always hang up. It's fine. It's fine. Stop making up things for the radio, Banky. <laughs> That's just not true. You've never called me once at past midnight. Do you know how I know that? Because I wouldn't pick up. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. What do you mean? So I feel like if I call you past me, that's the main reason why you should pick up. Because no, because my because, phone is on silent. I, yeah, if but I don't I see nev- the phone ringing, I'm not going to pick up. Uh, so if you see it ringing, you'll pick up at least. Maybe, but chances are my eyes will be closed as once it's past yeah, me. Yeah, but like, if I'm calling you past me, then it's probably something serious. Yeah, you should call someone. Especially me. Especially me if I'm calling you past midnight, because I don't call anyone after me. Bank, you know this now. If you need help past midnight, don't call me. Call someone else. I will uh, likely miss it okay. and message you at 9.30 the next morning. Like, I saw you I'm like, what's up? <laughs> what's up? I'll be like, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> um, okay. So a little peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Love Island final day. Hey, have you voted? Yeah, I voted last night, actually. Having, actually just voted now. Having not watched this the... I've watched the last week. <laughs> I haven't watched the last two weeks. Oh, fair. I haven't watched the last week. So, But I had to just... Which was probably good because it means I've been far away... I'm um, away enough for it. What that, that was? I was no English. I've been far. I've been enough. What am I saying? I've been far away from it long enough to not hate Dami as much. So it was easier for me to, to vote for Dami in India. That's a fair point. So, <laughs> I feel like if I'd seen his face yesterday, I might have been still angry with him. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe when you guys are listening to this, maybe we would have our first black, all black Love Island winning couple. I don't think that's going to happen. Prob- yeah, probably not. Probably, most likely not. It's probably going to be Gemma or... or it will like, almost definitely be Gemma and Luca. Yeah, anyway. Okay, but we're here to talk about industry. And if you're new to this podcast, first of all, thank you. Thank you for clicking on this podcast, um, this podcast episode as well. Secondly, please follow us wherever you're listening, whatever platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, anything. Um, this is only an industry podcast. We talk about other films and TV shows as well. So. We're currently discussing the final season of the greatest prequel stroke spin-off ever made, Better Call Saul. So please check that out also on the feed. And yeah, please just, if you have friends who like films and TV shows, tell them about the podcast. If you're friends with Mickey Down and Conrad K, tell them about the podcast as well. But whatever you do, please just rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. That really helps us get out there and through all the algorithm and all that. And if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize. But also please like and subscribe. Um... Yeah, so we're going to talk about Industry Season 2, Episode 2. Okay, so Season 2, Episode 2, titled The Giant Squid, written again by co-creators Mickey Down and Conrad K, and directed again by Bikita Stemusa. Um, 
this episode is very plot heavy. So I think what we're going to do, as opposed to what we've usually done, is we usually go character by character. But what we're going to do is we're going to go beat by beat and try to digest the episode that way. Wow. It, a lot of Not stuff to happened. becoming plot driven instead of character driven, Banky. You know, sometimes, sometimes you have to. Like, but that's why you've done all the all the hard work. You made your characters good, so you can just go in plot. Sometimes, I obviously alluded to you at the beginning that this is a very long episode. But I went back on episode one, two is like fifty-five minutes. Yeah, I was surprised when you said it was long because I thought it was. It's shorter oh. than the previous episode, isn't it? But I don't even know if it is. But like the longest episode in season one was like forty-seven. Ah, or forty-eight. So if they're going. 50, 50, like, I don't know if it's just because of the first episode. Fair. But before we go into this whole breakdown of the plot, what are your general thoughts on this episode? I also have a follow-up to that question, but let me hear your thoughts first. Um, dare I say, thank you. <laughs> I think I love this episode. Do you want to hear my follow-up question? I have in my final note, and yeah, what's your, what's your follow-up No, question? no, no, I'm tearing up right now. This. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm tearing up right now. I think we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> I think we're on the same wavelength. Thank you. Was this the best episode of Industry ever? I think it was. I think it was. Oh my God. I think it's the best. I finished the episode and I was just like, is this the best episode the show has done? That was, that's the, that's the note I have. Like, was this like the no, best episode of Industry? Like normally I have my notes on my second watch, but after the first one, I was just like, wait. Is that the best they've ever like I was like, Jesus, that was such a good episode. <laughs> it was um, it was it was it was amazing. I I was making so many noises throughout. I stood up at a point. <laughs> um it was funny because Victor was here. He yeah. was in the room, he was he was watching something on the TV and I was watching, I was at my desk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, Victor, they're doing finance. <laughs> they're doing finance. Let's oh go. Oh my god. I, so yeah, as a, I was watching this episode, and I, I think that's also part of the reason why I wanted to go beat by beat. I feel like if we did character by character, not only would we go up and, up and down, like we would miss so many things. I we'll miss things. So, so we'll miss things. <laughs> but yeah, I look. I genuinely think it might be the best industry episode ever. Like I, I, think, I, I, I think you're like, right. I was like, oh my god, what is this? It's so good. Um, okay, so let's start from the top. This episode picks up immediately where we left off in episode one, which is something that the show has never actually done before. I was like, oh, this is weird. If you never actually started off where you stopped. Um, so yeah, picks up really where we left off with Eric entertaining Felim at a business breakfast and the Harper's bailed on to go listen to Jesse Bloom speak. We obviously saw that mm-hmm. at the end of episode one. And then during the mini meet and greet after with um, Jesse Bloom and some very, very enthusiastic bankers, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> she fails to impress him by essentially not having a credible business idea to pitch him on the spot. And this was where, this was my first, this was like four minutes and I was like, how, how is this possible? Like, like surely you should already have your pitch like on the back pocket. Like you've been, you've been stalking this guy for weeks. Like why did how she bother coming? How don't you have something, something ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, but like, I think maybe he scared her by the way he immediately swatted down the other bankers that were trying to sell him on something. And he was like, I don't want to, I don't want someone that tells me the wind blows. I want someone, Tells me oh, the way so the wind blows. All the ideas she had were COVID ideas, I were think, all vaccine ideas. I think ideas. they were all things that were like, okay, this is what is happening. You should get in on it rather than uh, okay. let's make this happen. And then immediately he was like, that's not what I want. I yes. want something different. Okay, that make, yes. that, that's a valid explanation that would make me feel... Because if she had no plan and no pitch and she was just talking for bands, I would have been very disappointed in Harper. That's fair. I don't think Harper really operates on vibes like that. She's not Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I felt it was very out of character. We also see the continuation of um, 
Yasmin and Celeste discussion stroke interview in which she outrightly asks Yasmin why she being Celeste asks Yasmin why she's quote unquote fucking Maxim. And then when I think I don't know if it's a coincidence, but when Yasmin assures her that she's still single, even though she's fucking Maxim, she invites her on a client dinner. To me, every Celeste Yasmin interaction is tinged with this like I want to fuck you, stroke, I want to kill you, stroke, I want to be you energy. It's just like, I always find it so difficult to decipher it's what is going weird, on. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's weird. It's, but it's, yeah. it's actually a lot of weird energy. Um, I I enjoyed them, though. I enjoyed their scenes together. I think Celeste is so wonderfully weird. She's such a strange mm. character. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know anyone like that in real life. And I'm not sure that. I'm sure there are people that I had not. Had not been English really She helps. seems like she's very ephemeral, like a bit of a fairy. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's rewarded in actual, in real life, in real life finance. I don't know. But maybe but, because she's on the asset management side, it might be a bit different. Yeah. So two things there. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing one, she can probably switch it on and off. Mm. And then two, she does say earlier about how, um, what did she say? Market facing is boring and client facing. Like, it probably wouldn't work if she was market facing because they need you to yeah. be on the book. But when it's yeah. a client facing, clients will probably find it, I don't know, I don't know the right word to use, but they probably find it interesting, intriguing. Um, so in that scene, mm-hmm. Yasmin, um, sorry, Celeste asked Yasmin, like, why do they, or do they all hate you on the floor? Or why do yeah. they all hate you? And Yasmin mm-hmm. was like, oh, I don't, I never thought about that before. Do you think, do you think that's, Genuine. Do you think she genuinely never considered that everybody hates her? I think so. Fair. Like beyond beyond Kenny, like maybe. Also, because Yasmin's probably not someone that's gone through life thinking people hate her. People everybody hate probably oh, loves that, her. That is fair. That is fair. Everybody probably loves her. But I, I guess maybe seeing Celeste, who yeah, you might call her ephemeral, but she's probably Yasmin's probably closest to someone like Celeste than she is to Jackie, obviously. Yeah. So she's like, oh, this is where this is the world I should be in. So, if I'm in the other world, they probably all hate me in that world because I'm just not. I probably, I probably stick out like there. a sore thumb. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that she that she's never really considered it until that moment. Um. Yeah. So there's a CPS meeting in which, um, they explain that there's a trade, and that trade is what kind of leads the trajectory of this episode. And during that same meeting, there's a dick measuring contest all around, which ends with Eric on the back end of every conversation somehow. <laughs> um I I you mentioned last week about how Eric was against the wall. I think this episode you see that he's really, really against the wall. So you you said that they were doing finance this episode. Do you can you lay manify the financial jargon this episode? Or at least the deal that they were doing. I think I have a rough idea of what it was, but I also I also only just have a rough idea. So um what's his name? Rishi has a bunch of stocks that he got early mm-hmm. and they're trying to they're trying to sell it off before. Yeah. So what I gathered was there's this system. I kind of do an app or a platform or whatever, Riken Healthcare, yeah. which kind of sounds like Uber for doctors for rich people. And then a group of private equity firms provided rescue financing to them during the peak of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, PearPoint has negotiated one of those firms to kind of buy all the stock, they ha- all the shares they have that they have, yeah. and that's what Rishi has. And he says he's the owner of some five million shares. But he, they need to flip it because, well, I guess he can't hold. He doesn't have the money to hold. And I'll, I, is it his? It's not his personal money, right? No, it'll be the bank. But it will come from his desk, right? Okay. And okay. like they can trace it to him. Like it will be him. Like if so, he, it's just, if the money it's just be that he, to, 
Yeah. It's just be that he fucked up at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he won't like actually lose money from his account. It's just that like maybe he won't no, have bonus no. that year. Okay. Yeah. Some, exactly. of the, some, of the, some of the language seemed like it was very personal to him. I mean, I guess it is very personal. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> the trade is booked against your name now. Fair. Because talk about how he helped to impress his um, father in law. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Why do you need the money? Like, what's all. Anyway, yeah. So he says he's the owner of some 5 million shares, but he needs to flip those. Uh, Felim, who we obviously know from season one, is the anchor of the deal, and it, this also means he takes the largest chunk of shares. And then some fund lent by Anna Gehring is like the sheep that everyone follows. So everyone needs to know that she's involved in this deal for them to know it's kind of legit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess she already had shares in the company, but if she's going to exactly. buy more, then people are are convinced. Um, I just love how Rishi was explaining it, quote unquote, to that other guy. The, the new guy, but clearly we all knew that, that was, it for, was us. for us. It was, was for us. It was for us. And I was like, thank you, Conrad and Mickey. Um, yeah, so that's the, the deal that kind of leads this episode's plot or drama. Um, we get confirmation that Harper, Yasmin, et al. are in their third year. So, yeah, that was actually very, very, very helpful. Yeah, so assuming that this is the start of their third year, like pre-Christmas, which I assume it is, and well, essentially we're right, it's 18 months since, since Rift of season one. Yeah. Because that'll be, that would have been six months into year one. So Eric takes Harper off the Felim account because one, she was obviously late or didn't come for the breakfast. And once that happens, you know, if you watch, if you watch two TV shows, you know that that means Harper is going to have to speak to, 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 to Felim and that happens <laughs> because DVD makes her answer when Felim calls and Eric is not on desk and she mistakenly contradicts Eric, Eric. or a lie that Eric has probably told, told Felim. And Eric loses his shit at her. DVD backs her because they've been doing some black on black bonding. Love that for them, man. So BLM and that. Let's talk. Let's talk about this DVD Harper Alliance because I don't see how it ends well. Why? Because I've please. Watched, can I just have hope? What the hell, man? Don't I've break my soul. Of succession. I've watched three seasons. I don't. I just don't know how it ends. Well. Don't break my soul, man. I need hope. I mean, I mean, I want to do end well, but like, I'm. But I guess the. When I was thinking about it, the saving grace is that we've already seen Harper screw someone over for Eric at the end of a season. Yeah. So maybe they don't repeat that again that this season. Do you get, do you get what I mean? Yeah. But it's not as if they're going to write out Eric from Eric. the show. Like it's no. not. So it's like, what happens there? Does is is the Eric and Harper relationship that toxic that she comes back and she she betrays DVD, which will be the standing for Daria this season again. Just to go back with Eric. I mean, I hope that alliance works out. I, I, or maybe I'm they not... both go against Eric, and that's what season three is about. True, true. Which is, which I guess will be kind of the, the, the season three finale of Succession, in which we thought yeah. it was going to be. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that, that's that's possible. And they that's still what... lose. Oh, that would be that would be mad. <laughs> Eric, I, well, I don't know. Finances they, them. Ugh. They haven't really put Eric in the like Logan Roy position. Like they put no, him as, like, no, 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 no. the mentor, but not really like. Every, yeah. I win everything, so maybe they don't necessarily lose. Um, speaking of Black on Black Alliance, they, they being DVD, and we're just going to call him DVD all season, right? Because there's no... His I'm name is Danny. Look. Yeah, but I prefer DVD. Okay, fair. Go ahead. And it's also saved as DVD on Harper's phone. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> speaking of Black on Black, DVD and Harper have some, a couple more pers- um, personal scenes. One after a three-way meeting with, with Eric, which we don't get into. What was just, that? What was so that? So I think... So I... Because... Earlier, DVD was like how he had heard rumors, but it was nice to see it in person. Mm-hmm. So I assume that there are rumors about Harper and Eric's relationship. Yeah, but I just mean, who called that three-way meeting? Oh, I think it was DVD. Okay. 
I think it was DVD. And then Eric brought that tie kind of like as a... Remember where you came as from? As a know your name. place kind of, yeah. yeah. But that, that tie, that's just a tie, right? It's not the exact tie. I, I don't even know what story they were trying to tell. There was like, it was when it Hermes tie and that was too gauche. Yeah. So it was like wearing a normal tie. Yeah, okay, it. fair enough. Um, and then he even had the tie on his desk. I saw it later in the in this episode, like on his screen or whatever. Eric, um, not Eric. I think DVD says behoove in this episode. I found that Which very I, interesting. I thought it was weird. Is that going to be like a like a little, you know, Easter egg? You know how like Insecure Season 1, they used Drake uh, music for, yeah. yeah <laughs> Is that yeah. what they're going to do? Are they just going to use the same word in every episode? But I, I found it very interesting. That would be funny. But I found it very interesting. Like if, if it's not an Easter egg and it's just like, this because she what does she ask who is the kind of person that uses the word behoove? behoove yeah so like it's like this is the kind of person that uses <laughs> the word the behoove like yeah. yeah so you get the like and you okay maybe Danny got that word because it's Eric's mentee like yeah like, that kind of things he learned from Eric but yeah I don't know they have a second conversation later after work when Harper is smoking and two things in that scene I realized that I was liking Danny. In, in, in that scene because he makes that Pierre Pine joke and I laughed which I have no business laughing at that Pierre yeah, Pine joke it wasn't great that, no. that joke is terrible I think I but it's, it's like purposely terrible right yeah because he, he even laughs at, I, I didn't laugh at it as like it's a great stand up joke I just laughed at it as like oh I like this character because yeah. that joke is endearing me to the character do you know but what also, I thought in that scene <laughs> I was what? like wow Danny Danny reminds me of Drake before he got buff and grey beard in terms of looks or in terms of He's just corny. He's just corny. He's just corny. And like, and like, he's leaning into it. He's leaning into it. Yeah, so far away, corny, corny. Which is what Drake was doing after a while. I was like, you know what? Fair enough, bro. Their scenes seem to be like really undercut with this kind of, the lot of flirting and sexual tension. Which I'm just like, where does that go? What's happening there? Like, is that, (laughs) are we entering under harassment suit? Um, so let's talk about, the first time, you know, you said the times you stood up and you shouted. This was the first time me, I shouted at my screen. I think I had to pause and I had to shout. <laughs> and it's the Harper Yasmin communi- um, conversation over the PA stroke phone call. That was great. Look, from the moment <laughs> Felim called to Harper and DVD outside, mm-hmm. it was just tension. The tension oh, was just yeah, building. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was just yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. Felim calls. Everybody's upset. Eric shouting, Eric, Eric, do you remember when Eric told them, watch me, watch me do your job? Watch me do your job. <laughs> I was like, man, this nigga's hard, man. Yeah. So, I've mentioned the director's name twice, uh, Bikita Stemus, and I just think, like, we kind of have to give her some props. I mean, she's a Danish filmmaker. I don't, I haven't really watched any of her movies or anything, but the way that period they're talking about is shot is so incredible. Because, like, for so long, you just, you just stay on Harper and then, like, you just you see You follow her to, to Yasmin's desk, which <laughs> that, I thought was that incredible. That was so great. The camera the work there was so good. followed her was so, I was oh. like, oh my God. But even before that, because when, when Eric comes back to the desk and then, I think she, Eric calls Felim mm-hmm. and the, the camera kind of stays on Harper and then you, you, you see her reactions to Eric realizing what she's done what she's by, done. by a felon. Oh. And all that was just like, yeah, it was just very well done, very well staged. When she shouts, not even when she does the PA thing to Yasmin, first of all, I'm like, I'm like, how about what? Big boss you? moves, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm she's like, a 30 analyst now, man. She's PA. Then, then when she shouts to, to Yasmin, Yasmin. I think I paused. I genuinely paused and I was like, I, I said out loud, Jesus Harper. I was like, <laughs> I, was like Jesus. I watched that scene twice. 
I pause. I have to go the minus 10 seconds. I was like, and then she walks. And I'm like, because I'm just like, I, I can't imagine doing that in the office. God. A floor plan as big as that. Only in Nige. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's only in Nige you can and do that. Everything is all is instinctual, but also thought out. Because like you can just shouted to Yasmin while on the phone. But then she stands up and shouts across yeah. the room. Yeah. And then she walks to her. And then, yeah. And then Hilary has this kind of like, he says, quite the little drama queen, which is somehow equal parts like bitchy and condescending and posh. It's just like, I was like, this is, this is just very well done. Yeah. It was anti-black. It was anti-women. <laughs> Elitist. It was just, it was a lot of things. I, <laughs> oh my God. I wanted to punch you. I'm sorry, but Hilary becoming like, that character this is yeah it's good it's good <laughs> just the fact it's that he's good. like when you start the this season with the fact that he's the only one wearing the mask in the in the office and he's talking i mean first of all the actor well done because he's acting through a mask that must be that must be so difficult <laughs> but then he's doing all of that and then like saying the things he's saying and then we'll get to the bus part later we might even talk about it now but that, <laughs> we might as well just do it on. now man because that bust was incredible did he say it was a present for his wife or from, from his, his wife? wife? From his from, wife. From, okay. So because do you know what that means? She's as fed up with him <laughs> as we are wearing this mask. So he's wearing the mask at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it means. She's tired of him. What a oh guy. Oh my God. Yeah, hilarious. Because he, he, he didn't have this last season. He didn't no, have this in him last no. season. So him becoming this guy is just very, I just, I love every second of it. Okay, so which brings us to to here? It brings us to the incredible, heavy, revealing dinner conversation between Robert and Nicole and the ensuing quote-unquote connections. Just of what we said in the last two episodes, i.e. episode one and then our previous episode, I feel like you have a lot to say on this dinner conversation, so I'll let you begin, I'll let you start. Like, I don't even have that much to say, man, because, look, from the last episode... Actually, no, not even from last episode. From the beginning of this episode, when they have their first discussion on the phone, that's Robert. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Nicole. oh, okay. Is this is this going to go? Where I think it's going to go." And then it did because you know what? First of all, Nicole can't help herself. She degenerates sexual harasser. She cannot help herself. And secondly, Robert is what he's down for the ride. You <laughs> like you said, he's down for the ride all the so- time. So that conversation you said, that first phone conversation, I think it just really just shows us why Robert has been able to fail upwards in, in this in this industry, in this yeah. business. Because with season one, we could see that, obviously, when he wasn't sober, like, if he's with the guys, he's, like you said, he's down for the ride. He can do the all-nighter. Mm. Whatever drug you give him, he's going to do it. But also, with women, Robert is a flirt, man. And he's good. He's a Robert, good flirt. I said, I said, Robert might not be good at his job, but he's good at relationships. He knows he knows what to say. Like, the way he says it was like, was like oh, I'm, I'm already booking a, a restaurant. It was like, your favorite restaurant, but you're going to tell me. Like, mm. he's a very, like, he's a very good flirt. And I could see, like, like you said, for someone like Nico, who, who can't, can't, can't help herself. herself. He's a degenerate. Oh, a degenerate. Nico, man. Nico, it just, it just makes you wonder how many, how many people have actually done this. Recently. All of them. But no, um, I think, the reason I'm talking about that dinner, first of all, is because, like, it definitely reveals a lot about about Nicole's character and about mm-hmm. Robert's mindset. Like I think we obviously debated last week whether Nicole was posh or middle class, but yeah. I think it's it's very heavily implied, if not outrightly said, that she I don't know if it's low not lower class, I don't know, but like not, not, not middle out. class. Yeah. Yeah, she had to climb out and she, she's almost resentful about the fact that people try to to package her so, as like what yeah. they say, a 
a success story. A success story, story success instead of a success. Yeah. So she definitely empathizes with Robert on, on that thing. And what does she say? She says, I never assimilated. I just earned mm. and didn't give a fuck. And I'm like, fair enough, Nicole. Fair enough. Amen. Um, but yeah, so like That's I think... That's me in the white man's land, man. You don't assimilate. You just, you just I'm earn trying and to just, give a fuck. It's a lie. I assimilated as soon as I came here, man. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. You got to do what you got to do, man. I came uh, here. No one can understand me. I had to give them accent. Did you did you also do YouTube tutorials on received pronunciation? On what? Received. Oh, what she says to him when she oh, received, okay, received, okay, okay. received pronunciation. I had to Google no, what that no, no, is. No, no. I don't even and know. And apparently that's just like that's like the posh way to speak. Like the Brit like you know, like I don't know how to put it, but like mm. the way Hillary would speak. Like so it's like so you probably have to YouTube that how do you how do I pronounce certain words that doesn't doesn't <laughs> betray the fact that I'm not I'm not posh. Um, so yeah, that, I thought that conversation was very good. I, I don't think we knew that Robert's mom was dead, which a lot of that makes sense. No, no. Um, I just like, yeah, just the fact that like, yeah. Nicole definitely sees a kindred spirit. I, I think beyond the fact that like she, she's sexually attracted to him as a, as alter, but I think she definitely sees a kindred spirit in him and mm-hmm. it makes more sense why she was more willing to like accommodate him when he broke down and said the truth in episode one and said like, look, here it is, man. Like, this is who I am. Mm. Um, it's funny how Robert's always finding kindred spirits. It is true, like that's true. The, <laughs> the, the different stages of his life. When he was the drug, when he was the druggie, he found one. Yeah. When, oh, oh, actually, are they just finding him? That's fair. That's fair. Like, are they are they seeing in him what, what they are they looking mean, for, and then, they, and they, then they take him yeah. under the wing? Yeah. Because he might he might not even know what he's like doing until or they giving they bring up. him. Yeah. Aboard. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, the car ride. I mean, you obviously from that from the whole flirting, we get an idea of oh, is this where it's going to. But once they're in the car, I, I, like, I was still a bit hopeful yeah. that Robert would, would like say no. To be fair, okay. So I want to talk about that, and it leads to why. As in, first of all, at this point, I'm already like this is one of the best episodes of industry. I'm already like halfway <laughs> through. I'm not even got to like the last fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. So. Yeah, so about Robert not saying no, I think I am so fucking excited to see where these writers take the story. Because in my head, it could it could play out two very widely different ways. Like, it could be a non-issue, mm-hmm. right? But then, on the other hand, he because he and Harper's stories play out so differently, like, and I think they play out differently. And look, I, I would like to hear your thoughts, and I'd like to hear anyone that's listening, let me know what you think. I think they play out so differently for two reasons. One, a very slightly um, important, slightly less important reason is his male privilege, his, um, his white privilege. But I think it plays out mostly because of his male privilege. Mm. Right? I think he can engage in a sexual act with someone who is, I don't know if he's his boss or client or whatever, definitely a higher level than he is because he doesn't immediately fear about what this could do to his career. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to have that immediate worry because he's a guy. Like, it does, it's not, it, the rules are not the same for, like, Harper, who is a black woman, right? And at, the, and at the same time, I think it could also question what us, like the audience, society, what have we trained to perceive that scene? Because for most people, when Nicole moves on to, to Harper in, what they call it, in season one, episode one, we're all like, oh shit, assault. Like, we all sit and we're like, we're afraid as, for as, her. As, yeah, like, the, as assault, right? But, how many of us, when she does it to Robert and Robert doesn't, and what did she say? Just enjoy it. Yeah. How many of us are thinking, ooh, flirting, ooh, sexy? Like, yeah. Like, how many of us are not having the same reaction we had when it happened to Harper? Or at least as visceral a reaction? Man, I was having it too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
No, 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 no. I was having it too, but we also know who Nicole is as a person. That's fair. But I mean, just if you have those two instances in isolation, mm. I think in general, the reactions are different. I think, I can't even say from my, from my point of view that I wouldn't have a different reaction if I didn't know who Nicole was and I didn't know her history. Okay, I see what you Because mean. like, yeah, so it's like, how was, if, if Harper tells her story to 10 people and Robert tells his story to 10 people as well, they probably have different reactions to Harper and Robert's story. And I think that's interesting. I think because in society where, I mean, most men, like, most men would be like, oh yeah, of course I'll sleep with someone to progress in my career. Yeah. Because it's just like, what are the repercussions? Like, it makes sense to them on paper. Objectively, it makes sense. Like, you sleep with someone that you're attracted to and then you, you get further. You get further in your life. Yeah, no, no downside. Yeah, but a black, exactly, but a black woman does, cannot, cannot afford to do that. You're right. So I think it's, I think it's just very interesting. I mean, I, I, look, I have no problem, like, I have no ill will towards Robert. He found so, someone that he found attractive came onto him and he did what he needed to do. And he's finally come for probably Yeah, man. Time. I was God so knows, happy for God him. knows how long. I was so happy that he finally came. I was like, man, like if this is what does it, fair. Fair enough. But you know what? It's funny because even through his situation, he's still like, I can't know this suit. It's new, man. You know, I, I read that and I was like, fair enough, man. Like, <laughs> I think I burst a lot. He's, he's been trained. Like, he's been trained. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Robert of, of season, season one, so one would have cared. But this one does. This one does. Oh, I love it. And then she goes in my hand. Great touch when he calls her mommy at the end. Ugh. I, yeah. Because again, if I was Robert, I'd be too scared to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, that was was great. That was great. That was great. (laughs) But again, Robert knows people. Robert knows what was. He does. Ugh. What a good character. Uh, Speaking of weird flirting and not, we we go back to our, our favorite two people, Yasmin and Celeste. Who are having a dinner with a father-son duo, and then Yasmin misunderstands, reads some wrong cues, instru- mm. maybe instructions from Celeste. Nobody knows what exactly is going on, and she tries to flirt with the father by holding his hand, and then he quickly shuts that down. Actually, before we talk about that, if we, I don't think I have anything to say, but if, before we talk about that, <laughs> does Marisa Bella, who plays Yasmin? Does she do the most on this show? I think she might have the most scenes. Does she? Do you think Mother Harper? I think she might. I think she might. I think she might have the most secluded scenes. Okay. A lot of okay, Harper yeah, scenes are Harper, peer yeah, point yeah, yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think she might have the most like scenes in her own life. For her, yeah. But yeah. for one, it looks like she has to stimulate sex every episode now. So that's not, so not stimulate, simulate sex every episode. Mm-hmm. But also, I think we've heard her speak in addition to English, French, Spanish, Italian. Yeah. I think Persian as well with her mom. Like, Jesus Christ. What? She's so impressive. I thought, I thought, oh my I, God. Like, I, I was watching it today. I was like, no, not today. I was watching it yesterday. The scene um, at dinner with the two mm-hmm. clients. And you can see her like reading, reading the scene, seeing what's happening. And then she comes into life. Like she comes into the conversation quite seamlessly. At the right time. It's like, with wow. The, with the right, okay. What does she say? She says, like, maybe it's a generation, right? Like, mm. the right time, the right phrase. And I, she says to, um, what's her, the person that she's sleeping with's name again? Sorry, I forgot. Maxim? Maxim. When that, like, that my, my, her father should be out by the time she comes back in Spanish. Because that's what they speak, right? Spanish. So, I'm assuming her father doesn't know Spanish. Doesn't speak, yeah. Meaning, Meaning she probably learned all these languages herself. Like, it's not as if they were speaking them in the house. Like, her father is multi. It's just, it's very, very impressive. Both character and the actress. And the actress like, I'm just yeah. like, oh my God. 
I think earlier this week it was uh, it was rumored that she's gonna play Amy Winehouse in the Amy Winehouse biopic. Yeah, so, I saw that. So that like good on you. Because, more grease to your elbows, babes. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Do you have any more thoughts on that dinner? I didn't really have thoughts on the dinner. Not really. I just thought it was really really funny when she touched his hand because she looked so awkward doing it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. <laughs> him shutting her down immediately just compounded that funniness. I, I love, but yeah, I thought yeah, it was so I love that for. I love that for her. I love that for him. I just love that for everybody. Yeah, everybody, everybody involved. It was good. It was a good move. Well, yeah. I have, uh, I have something here about like Yasmin's dad. Though. Were you going to? Okay, get yeah. To that? I was going to say, yeah. Let's talk about Yasmin's dad while we're here instead of yeah. Let's talk about Yasmin's dad. Yeah, because I think it happens before this scene actually, like his introduction. I I might love him. I might love him. <laughs> I thought it was an excellent character introduction. Just. The way that, that he's just there after she's finished doing the nasty, but then he doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. know yet. Mm-hmm. And then they're having their conversation and, you know, it's like witty banter and it's cute and it's fun. And he seems like he has a lot of energy for a man that's, you know, that has Yasmin. So I was like, wow, well, he would have nice. he'll, he'll be like, what, late 50s, early 60s? Yeah, probably late 50s. Yasmin is 24. Yeah. Let me just 24, so he can even be early 50s. He could be younger, actually. yeah. He could be younger. Yeah, he could be early 50s. Yeah, I loved it. And then Maxim comes out and he was like, oh, y'all are doing the nasty. Anyways, I priced this into your relationship. Who says that? Price I priced this ridiculous. into your relationship. Oh, man. I, I was actually so excited. <laughs> I want to see more of him. I want to see more of him. And he He's seems a like, publisher, right? Yes. Like, yes. price is a ridiculous phrase to use. He seems <laughs> like what? He seems like he might have, like, a heart. I think we might be able to... Or maybe he'll be the foil by which we explore some more, like, deeper emotional territory with Yasmin. Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I liked about her in season one were in relation to, like, her mother, when she would, her like, mother, talk yeah. to her mom. So maybe maybe we get that this this season with her dad. But, man, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Also, his hands... Imagine are- looking at... Yeah, yeah, he is. I was trying to figure... Is he white? Is he, like... I, was I think it's meant to be, like, Persian now. Uh, so both her parents are, so she's she, so she, so she, like full Persian but the surname is like what is it oh yeah that's true yeah you're right anyway um, imagine looking at your nine your nine year old daughter with her 19 year old friend and you're like yeah 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 these guys are gonna get together in like 15 years I'm just it's like, fucked oh up God. now it's fucked up <laughs> so, I price it into your relationship oh man guy. I think that was um, my favorite line of this episode <laughs> so she ends that breakfast with her dad by asking him to let Pierpoint manage his money, which I guess we kind of knew that was what Celeste yeah, wanted yeah. all along. And I get the impression that she's obviously working him. Like, it's not just like, like she brings up that, that, that memory or whatever to, mm-hmm. to show that like love and she's working him. <laughs> but it was only during my second watch that I rem- remembered what Celeste said at the end of their dinner. Do you remember what she said? So she, she says, um, I found that most of my personal relationships bear the, the most, most fruitful fruit. Yeah. You don't have to like someone for them to be useful to you. Ah. And I can't believe that Celeste said that by random. Good catch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I definitely said that too. Because when I first heard of, it, I was like, this is weird. Like, why would you say <laughs> that? Like, the people you're just having dinner with seem perfectly nice. <laughs> why mm-hmm, did you have mm-hmm. to add the part about, like, Getting getting stuff from people you don't like. Okay, don't that's, like, a good, yeah. that's a good. So it was a good. I was like, oh, okay. So not only did Yasmin use that to like 
make her decision. But I think Celeste also wanted Yasmin to use that to make her decision. Because like, like you said last week, that yeah, Celeste wants to manage their for, their money. So like she's like trying to trying to push her. Um from Maxim. Also, her keeping on the shoes that Celeste mm-hmm. gave her while she was doing the nasty with Maxim, I thought was hilarious. It's just so it's just so unnecessary. Why are you? And then doing she come that? and then she comes back into the kitchen to and look at this. And smiles, doesn't she? So like so here's the thing. In that thing, is she putting on the shoes because of what the shoes represent, i.e. power, whatever, or is she putting on the shoes because of Celeste? I don't want to say it's because of Celeste. <laughs> I think Celeste makes her so, feel good about herself. Or is she really just attracted to Celeste as well? Does she want or to maybe, to maybe, maybe. <laughs> I feel like there's... This is why I said the relationship is so weird because it's like, I want to fuck you, but I also want to kill you. It's like, it's always living in that little gray area. I'm just doing what... I mean, from the moment they met, actually, even before she knew who Celeste yes, was, when, yes. she, when she thought she was a prostitute from that moment. <laughs> sex professional, um, please. Sex professional, I apologize. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was just, when I realized that that line or that connection, that second watch, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is very interesting. Because obviously, you know her dad is going to say yes. Because, mm-hmm. like he said, he likes to spoil her. So he's going to say yes. He's going to she's going to be on the account. I don't know if she can be on the account, probably not because of conflict of interest. Um, okay. We're like 40 minutes into this recording. recording. I think it's time. Let's let's talk about Gus's glow up here. He looked good. He looked good. <laughs> he looked so good. He looked good. I was like, oh wow. Could have bye bye saw the Bima Falami stuff, man. This this is Gus. I was like, this nigga yeah. didn't have a barber in season one. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> he pierced both ears, he's dyed his hair, he's like, he's he looks leaner. I was like, oh, fair enough, God. He's taking random white boys from Kennington. <laughs> Look, I think I think th- I don't know if this is a like something intentional <laughs> that they're doing, but mm-hmm. it's like everybody's remembering they're black now. All of a yeah. sudden, everyone remembering yeah, yeah, black. Yeah, yeah. Harper's hair. I love Harper's hair. I love it. I love Harper in in like. This is something I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention in actually in season one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because like I do in turn episode one about Harper, just her hair. Like, yeah, I do feel like. <laughs> I tweeted, I think I tweeted from maybe it was our account. I was like, yeah, like during lockdown, Gus realized that he's black. Like, black. He's yeah, like, I saw that. So Gus Harper and maybe the introduction of DVD to is helping helping niggas be yeah, niggas again. Not- <laughs> Let's go make niggas niggas <laughs> make niggas niggas again. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, because I, I, obviously we knew that it was Danny's hair from last from the last episode. episode. Yeah. We saw we saw pictures. I didn't know his ears were pierced. That was that was I, that was, I was like, oh, okay, Gus. Okay. Um yeah, so I mean look, Gus, Gus looks he looks good. I He seemed so disappointed with the white boy though. Oh, so 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 bad. So, I mean, have you ever had anything? Have you ever had anything like that happen to you, Bucky? No, no. Thank <laughs> you. you. Tell the truth. I, I have why are you asking me like Thank you, tell you the truth. Like, tell I, I have it. You but have now it. you're moving like you have secrets. A secret answer. Now everybody that's listening is going to think that you have something that I'm not saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I, I do. Not. Maybe I do. I have not. I have not. No, no, no. I've always wondered how I react in that situation. I think I. I think I'll just laugh. I think it would be too. It would be too funny. And I, I wouldn't we be talk able about to. when we talk about. I may destroy you all those years. Yes, yes, we did. It, it might depend on like at what point it happens. <laughs> I don't think it really matters, man, because Me- when I was watching this episode, I was like, if I was in Gus's position, I might have just burst out laughing. Like, like, so I was you just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He, he was saying he was dirty talking. Yeah. <laughs> what, 
Tony said, use, use my white boy Use my skinny, skinny white, white boy ass. I like, bro, what are you saying? Nah, I'll laugh. I'll laugh. I mean, it will be done. Like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't continue. But I'll, I'll huh? start laughing and then send you away. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, is it different? I, I don't know, obviously, we don't know. But is it different be, it being in a same-sex relationship as if it was a black guy and a white woman are saying those words and it's very like what's the thing they do to black men fetishize um fetishizing yes exactly but i don't know if i don't know if those dynamics exist as well in the in the same sex yeah it does I uh, think relationship it does. yeah it does uh, okay but yeah it was just, <laughs> just, just i mean look guys i i i hope we get more ghosts I, I don't want to get one or two so i hope we're building up to something yeah like, i don't me want to get one or two episodes of ghosts me too um he oh. does mention that he's getting with white boys from Kennington in lieu of a career. Yeah. But I hope he means that as in he means career, not like job. Like, I hope he's not jobless. I think he so, might I mean, be. for three years or 18 months rather. That's a good point. A lot of time has passed. Yeah. Like, it would have been hard to find a job during the pandemic. I think that True. That's, that's very true. I keep, I keep forgetting that this show is like, Using the pandemic, like I just keep for it. Um, that's something we don't discuss. I think we we'll talk about it later as we go in the season, just how we feel about the pandemic being a, a major point. factor. Because yeah. I don't think I've liked it on any show I've, I've seen it happen on. Fair. So I don't hate it here so, so far, though. Yeah, exactly. So I think we we'll talk about it maybe later in the season as as we go, just see how it actually actually works. Um. Okay. So Harper also quick, moved without any fanfare. I would see that as well. I was like, so I was doing my math. I was like, wait, that was the day before. So are we saying, so it's the night before. She's, she brought a boy back the night. The first night. Like she did the first. So as you, they have to, they have to be very close. They have to have been, they have to be quite yeah, close at this point. Yeah. They have to be quite close at this point. Uh, I like that conversation. I like. I thought it was so cute. It was, I, what did I write? I said wholesome. It was wholesome. Yeah. You don't get a lot of wholesome moments saying, on this show. Yeah. Him saying you're the bane of everyone's existence is like, I get it because that's kind of a joke I'll try to crack when someone is feeling really bad, just to kind of lighten the mood, and it won't work. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, that's not what I mean. And then, <laughs> and then you come up with a with a bar that will make them feel better, which is just is, is the right thing to do. Um, I was going to go on a break, but I think let's just let's just go on because I think we're we're getting towards the point of the episode where I was like, oh, you guys are you guys are working different. <laughs> uh, so after a midnight call with DVD, um, which was just brilliant. I I I don't understand. Like speaking of weird dynamics. So Harper thought Eric would reply her at midnight. Like Harper, Eric even almost replied. He what was online. The no, I don't get boundary. Why so you messaged your you messaged your line manager at midnight. If I'm working in finance, yeah, I might still be in the office. But she said can't sleep. She wasn't like help me with this trade. She was like I can't sleep. Yeah, I know. That's a bit personality. To it. I mean, I mean, they they have a personal relationship. True, true. I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting how. DVD messages her. She goes to message Eric. Eric doesn't reply. She, she calls DVD. He's like, oh, okay. Let me, almost like, let me test my my strength with Eric. Mm. And when it fails, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go with DVD. Um, but yeah, after a midnight call with DVD, Harper ambush- ambushes Jesse at his tennis practice to court him as a plan B for their deal in case Felon backs out. Um, which leads to the climatic last few minutes of the episode. Okay, where, but pause here. Pause here. Yeah. So the confrontation at the at the tennis court was yeah. I think I was I was watching it. I was like, wait, is Jesse Bloom cool? I didn't think he was cool. I didn't think he was a cool guy before. I thought it was a dweeb. But I think I thought it was a dweeb. Yeah. I didn't think I don't I don't think I ever thought it was a dweeb. How does that I thought they were going to write him as one of these like, you know Or Zuckerberg. Like reclusive, yeah, like a reclusive, really uh, smart guy that, you know, 
his life is falling apart, but like, you know, he's still shy, reclusive and smart. But he was throwing barbs like he was coming out. I was like, yeah, come for her. I loved when. What she's doing is stupid. Yeah, I love when he's walking back and he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, what yes, the fuck is doing? yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that would have been my reaction. That would have been my reaction. So and it was like, am I, am I supposed to be impressed or whatever? Anyway, but yeah, um, yeah, and then what are, I think he asked her what her boss says. She has nothing to say. Yeah. Like, what are, why, are you wasting, why are you wasting my time? Yeah, so that leads us back to peer points, which, so it leads to chromatic last films of the episode. And I'm, well, I'm, going, I'm just going to list off what happens just quickly, just sort of going yeah. so we can just get through. And then feel free to add your, your background ad libs to what happens because <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Oh, so, and I think this episode, just before I even go to that, I think this episode, because I think to me, the episode of season two, episode four of season one, that's her birthday episode. That's where she does that trade and all that. That was like, mm-hmm. that was the best episode. And I think this episode has that obviously in the last 15 minutes, but also it just yeah. has so much more. Like it has everything, every, yeah. It, everything it that came before like, it. Exactly. Like every good thing or the best of every episode in season one all just come to be in this episode of, of season two. <laughs> I just really like this episode. Anyway, yeah. So um, it's minutes, literally minutes to the market opening and Felim hasn't called back to confirm his involvement. Rishi is very stressed. There's a call from an unknown number, so Eric answers it, thinking it's Felim, but it's Jesse Bloom, and he wants to speak to Harper. So Love that he answers the phone, Felim. <laughs> I was like, why would Felim, Felim would answer, Felim would call. You have his number. On, yeah, it would be on, on uh, what do you call it, a private number. Anyway, so he wants to speak to Harper, which is, at this point, we're like, oh shit, we're, we're stressing out. Um, and then there's a merry-go-round of Harper asking Yasmin to connect her to Anna, via the intercom again, which is just, like, very stressful. Um, and then Yasmin does... Okay, quick pause. Yasmin talking to Anna really shows us, like, I guess why she can succeed in this world and also, like, why... Because they like her. Yeah. Like, what, earlier she's like, oh, I asked them questions. Like, she knows her husband's name. The, children, husband's yeah. from, the name of her children. It's like, oh, this is, like... Oh. Yeah. And if anything, I think this show really shows you that, like, Banking or whatever is not just knowing your book or knowing finance. Like you actually it's have to be a people person. You actually have to be, a people, yeah. Um, so she manages to let Anna speak to, or manages to convince Anna to speak to Yasmin. Sorry, to speak to Harper. So Harper keeping, keeps Jesse on hold, manipulates Anna to find out her stance on the deal. And then there's some three way negotiations between Harper, Jesse and Rishi, which is incredible. And then Eric throws in some condescending comments here and there because he clearly feels like, Ugh. Um, now we're a minute less to opening this love and made a deal. They throw around some numbers and uh, which I, I look, I'm, I don't understand anything happened there. So I'm not going to explain to you. I had 44 and a half and 43 quarters. And eventually Harper is able to create a deal that works for everyone just in time to rush to the bathroom and probably puke and cry her guts out. Oh, and Rishi like congratulates her like earnestly, like actually congratulates her. Um, okay. So do, let's talk about, do you have anything you want to say on that whole bit up to when she goes to the bathroom? No, no. it's just been excellent because it's just excellent. it was so good. It was so good. Thank you. When, when, Thank you. When, is, when she yeah, go when ahead. she gets on the phone with um Anna Anna Searing or Gearing, sorry, mm-hmm. and she's asking her all these questions and like she makes up this like oh we misbooked the trade da 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 da. Mm-hmm. I'm like why is mm-hmm. she doing this? This makes no sense. Like just and ask her. It. And then she now gets on the call with Jesse. I was like fuck man, half a knows what she's doing. Man, she's she's like, you're good at her job. Only- so she would only trade dollars if she's going to use the money. Which, again, on second listen, I, was, I heard Anna was like, no, 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 I bought dollars or whatever. Yeah. And it's going to be put to use. Yeah. Like, I didn't catch that the first time. I was like, oh, God, Harper, well, you know what you're doing. You know what she's so, doing. Yeah, and then what, what, even just the back and forth is like, 
what a, she, um, Jesse says, if he doesn't like it, he can keep it. Yeah. And then she tells that to no, him. He's like, like, no, you don't like it, you can it. fucking keep it. And then he says, he says, if you don't like it, you can keep it. And he said, fucking keep it. <laughs> Jesse, cool guy. He's cool. It's funny because everyone is listening. Like, DVD is listening. Eric is listening. Robert is listening. Robert is, I think there's a point in that thing where I just see Harry Lott. I think Harry Lott is just watching the scene. I don't even think he's acting anymore. <laughs> I think he's just watching, he's watching everybody move while he's on the phone. Um, yeah, so, like, all that is, is excellent. Um, so she goes to the bathroom. She's clearly stressed. She's crying. I'm surprised if she's thrown up. And then she goes on her phone and realizes that the person she's messaging is actually not her brother. And then she goes back to... Let's go back. Let's talk about when she goes back to the office, to the desk, to the floor. Mm. And everyone is clapping. clapping. Everyone is kind of up- uploading her and everything. Excuse me, standing ovation. The whole CPS desk. I was so expecting for it to, like, crash back to reality and nobody, nobody gives a fuck. Like oh, no. at, at, at their screen like it seemed to me it seemed very heightened and like not real and i thought it was all in harper's head like that like, like <laughs> but i mean i love the fact that it's real and they actually did care about her but like i don't know it's, maybe it's just me i have to go back what the scene but it just seemed very like this is actually not what's really like happening. fairy tale are, yeah fairy tale exactly but and but yeah no i mean i love the fact that she does she, I, I, again excited for what happens next episode because like she does her job everybody's Happy for half. FX test is like, what the fuck is going on? We don't care. Um, Yasmin actually didn't look upset at her. Like, I I, I looked at Yasmin's face and she looked kind of proud. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, it was a, it was proud, but not like... Not like she's happy with You're not happy for exactly. her. Exactly. Like, she's like, oh, yeah. that's nice. Fair enough. Can you explain Rishi's job? No. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> we can. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should get, like, some people that actually work in banking to come on this. We should, yeah. We should, and yeah. help us. <laughs> Just yeah, ask them all the questions. <laughs> we'll have an experts episode. Maybe like halfway. Maybe like mid midpoint. Mid part of the season. season yeah, Four we or can five have. Or something. We, we can, can have a. When they've watched enough, we can ask them questions because <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What does Rishi do?" Um, yeah, so a couple of firsts this episode for both Harper and Roberts. I think that was Roberts' first trade. Just in trade. General. Yeah, he made and I money. I think that's Harper's first, maybe block trade or whatever they call it. I don't know what it is. Um, do you have any other points on the episode? Because I have on that segment, I want to. Yes, I have one more point on the episode generally. First thing, okay. so two more points. First thing, I like the new title card. I think it's excellent. I love that it's red. It's the right shade of red. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. But we lose something though. What? Which I really like from season one. The way they did their previous Leon. Ugh, whatever. I like the new title card. I, that's, I think it's oh no, I like I like why you just you just because again that's something you can be very creative when 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 to place it. It's like yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's like, like with Yasmin, it's Yasmin like, feeling very uneasy and it's like industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best episodes of The Good Wife, you know, when they when they wait they do twenty minutes in and then drop Good Wife, Good Wife, Evil, Good Fight. I I think the kings do that intentionally because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was episode of Evil and I was like. You can give me the title card here. <laughs> but I know it's just five minutes in, but you can give me the title card here. But they'll wait till halfway through the episode. And they're like, oh, evil. Anyway, yeah, your second point. So that, and I think this was probably the most wholesome episode of, of industry. I think there were a lot of, there were a lot of like, you know, everybody still has their conflicts, but it ends well, like in a very wholesome place for the, the main character. And for all of them, everybody, Roberts, that's what I'm saying. Yasmin. Everybody was happy. And I think, I think this might be the first time this happened. So yeah, sure, I think, right. I think that might also play into why I really liked it. 
because, and I was reflecting on this the other time, um, sorry, just before I watched the episode, I was like, oh, am I beginning to like care about these characters? Not like, like care about their world or watch them or think, or, like mm-hmm. watch what they're doing, mm-hmm. but like actually care about the characters. And I think I might be, I think I might be at that point where I do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Those, those are my two points. I mean, I, I mentioned in our previous episode, if anyone died, I wouldn't care because... But I feel like now I might care. I'll care. I'll care now. I'll care now. I'll care now if somebody died. Um, okay, so I want to... This is a segment I want to introduce this episode and we'll see if we can just... If we, it's worth going ahead in future episodes. But it's the the drug and sex corner. Let's <laughs> let's talk about the use of drugs and sex in this episode and whether we thought it was worth it, whether we thought it worked, whether we thought it was wholesome or degradating. Like what? So yeah, what do you think? Um, I don't think they're that. They do drugs. drugs. Who did drugs? Um, Harper did coke with the guy. Oh well, yeah, with coke. that. Yeah, I think that's it, really. Yes, I didn't really notice the drug use. The sex. Yeah. On the other hand, there was a bunch. But again, I think, I think, I think again in this episode, I think it was used quite well. I was quite happy with all the sex scenes mm-hmm. in this episode mm-hmm. because it was about more than sex. I think. So I was thinking about this, and do you think? It's always been more about more than sex. But I was thinking about it too. I was <laughs> well, thinking about it well, too. because because we binged the season before we watch before we talk about the previous um, previous episode. Well, but binge season one. Sorry, it didn't feel like that. It just felt like a lot and too much. Yeah. But maybe in individual episodes actually always just be more than sex. But we just maybe could not understand that going in. But I mean, it's still still worth checking once in a while because this this episode we get what Robert and Nicole, yeah, Yasmin and. Maxim. Um, Yasmin and Maxim, Gus and Skinny White Boy from, from Kennington. Yeah. And then Harper and that guy almost, which I think is quite significant. I think her not doing it is also very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Gus is going to have it. He's going to have his own, maybe not as revolutionary as Kwame from I May Destroy You, but I, I, he's going to have be, his own episode, right? Yeah. It's not a coincidence that like the white boy was saying those kind of black things like why do I have sex right it's not that's not a random thing he just threw it through mm-hmm. in and even the way he looks after it so I think he's gonna have to reconcile with that and, and comfort all of that but yeah again we both said, said it I was almost in tears because I think it's the best episode they've, they've done this season <laughs> this show ever so like this is just yeah I can't wait to watch this episode it's so fun it's like such a fucking great episode but I love it it's good. I'm trying to see if, they, if they're actually gonna keep 15 minutes for all all episodes um, before we leave and me you can check <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't check, actually. <laughs> you forget you're a big boy now, Banky. 101 episodes, no, man. No, actually, this is coming up. 102. Because the soul came out last soul, week. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so my my best off-screen moment, which I tried to grab, because obviously the screeners that we have don't have subtitles, so we can't really get everything. But my best... <laughs> Jackie, man. Jackie. Jackie is the Jackie. new Rishi. Oh, my God. <laughs> The bars she was dropping in this episode. I need Jackie in every episode. Even if she's just in the background, I just need her in every episode. I think this was the first so, episode I watched with headphones on. And it was so, oh, so much clearer. So you go... I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> Jackie talking shit. Even, like, before... Who was asking about the effects of the back of Reckoning? It was Nicole. Yeah. So even, like, when she asked that, like, Jackie had already said it earlier in there. So she was like, oh, Corona's going to move based on this Reckoning. We should get in on that. I was like, oh, mm. so they're actually doing plot stuff <laughs> in the background. <laughs> in the background. They're actually, they're actually doing their work. I have to believe that they, they shoot the, the show, like, with the dialogue that's 
the main dialogue, mm-hmm. and then the rest is kind of like ADR and put it really? laughter. <laughs> I can't because I feel like it's difficult to concentrate and act when when Jackie's just saying this random <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and then it's just a lot of like setting up mic and everything to, to get, get everything. But the second my, my second best line from Jackie is when I didn't hear everything, but she's talking to someone on the phone. She's talking about a guy and she's describing him as like a gym guy who goes to the gym and considers himself a regular. <laughs> He thinks he thinks doing ten k is a personality trait. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, oh, well, oh, and that was earlier. So you know, this was this was so well done, so well directed. When um, Eric, DVD, and Harper have that meeting, mm-hmm. they're obviously in the room. Then immediately the door opens. You can't just hear. Like you it's like hear. it's so silent. <laughs> and then Jack is like, so "I'll cut you up and go inside you or something like that." God. <laughs> I thought I was so well done. I was like, just like, the way you just opened the door and then you just start hearing outside. But my favorite Jackie interaction off screen was, um, <laughs> Yasmin is talking to, to Hillary. And then ja- uh, Jackie says, so Venetia, how old were you when you rode your first pony? <laughs> not a euphemism. I'm asking how old you were when your dad got you in the saddle. Again, not, not a, a euphemism. <laughs> That's really good. That was really good. <laughs> Oh, Jackie, man. I love, oh, I, love, I love Jackie. I think this should be the segment oh. that we do now. Like, best off screen. Yeah. Best off screen. I mean, I try to do it. Yeah. If we can try, look, if we can hear anything. And also, if you guys listen to the episode, or rather, you watch the episode and you hear anything, let us know because we might miss some. There's so many. You miss some of them. Um, okay. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this great episode? Nah, man. I'm, I'm shook. I'm shook that they were able to pull it off. Thank you. Please. We might be on the cusp of this becoming like a great show. A great show. Uh, I don't Moving want, from good to, to great, it. but let's not jinx I don't want to jinx it. Not, I mean, I mean, you know, like it's already done. <laughs> like it's they've made it. They've, yeah. they've already done. It. <laughs> they've made it. It's either great or it's not. So like, I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited to see oh, what comes yeah. next. I, this was, this was just a very good. Like the way the new characters have just assimilated so well this season, especially DVD and Venice. Um, sorry, and Jesse. Obviously, Venicia is very interesting because I feel like, I mean, they could just have her as, as, um. Yasmin's fall and that'll yeah, be enough. Yeah, I think that's what they're going Unless it just did have another extra to give Robert a coffee, it's interesting that she gives it to him. Mm. And then they, they exchange a glance, right? It's like, what is exactly is going on here? So anyway, look, so we've done two episodes, there are six episodes left. It could be, at this rate, it could be six hours, depending on how long they're going per episode. So, yeah, man. Um, any final thoughts before, before we head out? Nah, man, long live Jesse Bloom, man. Coolest guy in finance. <laughs> I just love the way you've done a complete 180 on Jesse Like I didn't even know you thought it was a dweeb last episode. I thought it was a nerd. <laughs> and I was wrong. Now I want to be his friend. I'm coming for, for his son to come and be a dick. Be a dickhead <laughs> to him. Um, okay, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. I tried to keep it as close to an hour as possible. Um, yeah, so look, like I said, we're back every week talking about Industry Season 2. If you have friends that watch industry, tell them about this podcast. Um, if you have any thoughts, you can message, you can reach out to either you or myself on Twitter. You can message us on tw- um, the podcast on Twitter. You can message me on Twitter. It's fine, really. Don't message me. I'll air you. Yeah, don't message me, actually. Period. If me- mention him on Twitter. That oh. way I can get involved in the conversation and then maybe pull him into messaging. But he will not reply you. And that's on period. Especially if you message him after after midnight. He will definitely not reply you message him after midnight. Yeah. Um... Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. I just want to thank you to my co-host for this run, Ayo. Um, shout out to my regular co-host, Jibs, Chinedu, Ibuka, 
Shout out to shout out to Mickey and Conrad, man. And shout out to his incredible cast. These guys are really good. I can't wait to see what they're doing this season. Um, yeah. Um, long live Jesse Bloom, man. Yeah. Yes, guys. Long live Jesse Bloom. Follow us wherever you listen to this podcast. And join us next week when we'll be joined by Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. Banky, stop calling random women, mommy. All right. Bye. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they're not random. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>